is, is to mention that they're back there. Um, so uh, if you have an offering, and, and this isn't like, a, hey, give us your money. This is an act of worship. We worship God with our time, worship God with our stuff. And so uh, if you feel so led, the plate's in the back. Or if you're online, uh, PO Box 505, did I remember that? Yeah, if it's yeah. 404, it'll, it won't be found. Yeah, no, it'll be an error or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, yes. My slides still are not being agreed. Oh, now they're working. Boom. All right. Um, all right. So I was pondering this morning, um, you know, as I was finishing up writing the sermon for today, and obviously I'm not Eric. It's the fifth Sunday. And don't worry, I'm not going to come up and depress you guys again, because I know I feel like every time I preach nowadays, it's like, let's open up to Ecclesiastes and be sad together. Or last time I preached, let's, let's go to Psalm 42 and be really sad together again. I guess it really is true that I am an emo, because, you know, my generation started that whole thing. Um, well, no, we're going we're gonna to keep walking through Mark. Um, continuing on through uh, Mark 3. And anyways, I was, I was thinking about the sermon, and I was thinking about uh, some of the key ideas and principles and things like that. And then I, I was thinking about this idea of, like, the human brain. Like, our brain is still something that we are very much learning about to this day. Like, all the advancements in technology and science. Like, we, like we understand a lot more now, but we also don't fully grasp it at all as well, right? And And I was thinking about this idea of, like, you know, the thing that's maybe always separated us from, say, animals, right? Like uh, last night, my poor daughter, and she's not here today, but she, she got sick, and she threw up, and she didn't make it to the toilet, right? And, and so, instinctively, I thought, well, because it was like in the middle of the night, I don't need to clean that up. Rex will take care of it for me, right? Now, you may think that's gross, but am I wrong? Dogs will eat vomit. They won't even think about it. They will see warm food on the ground, and they will go to town. Am I wrong? I know, it's a gross image to picture in your head, but it's true. Now, what separates us from animals, right? We see throw up on the ground, and what do we do? <laughs> no, thank you. I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to go back to sleep and let the dog take care of that. That's what I'm thinking. Now, I promise you, I actually did clean it up. Because, you know, ew. But still, the thought did cross my mind. Like, dogs will always just, they won't think, they just eat. I've watched my dog eat as, well, never mind, we won't get into it. I want to gross you out too much. But that is what has always separated us from animals, right? And so, as we get to know even the human brain, for instance, right? Um, it's like this complex idea that, like, we can have instincts... But we can also hold back and have authority over those instincts, if you will, and say, no, no, we're not going to do that, brain. Let's not do that. Does that make sense? You ever notice that that's kind of how we're wired? We, you know, if you're having a, a good diet, and I need to back up. Oh, I'm pacing. Man, he's usually on vacation when I do this. <laughs> um, I... Uh, lost my train of thought, and now I have to go back. 
diet. Thank you, guys. This church rocks. All right. So if your diet's good, you see a cookie, and man, that's a good-looking cookie. Your instinct is to what? Grab the cookie and eat it. But you can tell yourself, "Mm, not today, belly. No, no, no. We're going to resist that cookie and go for the broccoli instead, right? Now, the broccoli might not taste as good, but man, it is healthy. A lot of nutrients in broccoli, right? And so we have this ability to be able to say no to the cookie and say yes to the broccoli, even though our instincts tell us, dude, eat the cookie, it tastes better, right? We have this kind of weird dual mind where we're fighting our instincts and we have the ability to say no. Sometimes we give in, right? But we're not perfect at it, right? Um, You know, we all handle stress and pressure in different ways, right? Um, You know, my kids, and I don't know if maybe your kids are different. Maybe it's because they're eeries. When my kids feel overstimulated and angry, they explode. And they don't even hold back. They just let it out, right? They get mad. They yell and scream, right? Your kids don't do that, right? No, okay, I assume your kids do. And, And they really have no self-control in that moment but they just let it out they explode they're angry they're upset as adults we handle the pressures of life a little differently right now we might explode every once in a while but for the most part we find ways to cope right and some of those ways that we cope are good and some of those ways that we cope are not so good um as we walk into Mark, uh, we've been walking through Mark, this gospel, and one of the things that it emphasizes is this idea of Jesus coming and bringing the kingdom of God to earth, right? That through him, we get to see God personified. We get to see God in the flesh. We get to see his kingdom and his reign come down. And Mark really focuses a lot on that. We also see that through the book of Mark, that Christ shows off the fact that he is God by showing authority to creation, right? How many of you can say, hey, storm, stop, and it listens to you? No, none of you in here can do that. But Jesus did, right? I mean, I'm still trying, like, did you ever picture that scene in your head, how freaked out we would be if we witnessed that? If someone were to just be like, hey, storm, you cut that out right now, mister. Good boy, you know? I don't know, I'm just saying, that'd be scary. But Jesus does that. Mark, through this gospel, emphasizes this idea that Christ is God in the flesh, and he proves it by showing authority over creation. He even shows authority over sicknesses, which is something we will see in a second. And also, one of the interesting things that I actually didn't know about Mark until I was was studying it this week is that um, when Mark was written, It was written as a reminder to Christians who were suffering heavy persecution at the time that it was written. Um, And and actually, and I don't even know if this is right or not. I just remember reading it. Well, actually, no, I won't even mention it because maybe it'll throw it off. So anyways, here we go. Agree with me. Slides. It moved, but not on my screen. I'm just going to read it over here. Can you back up one more? Sorry. No, that's the first verse. Sorry. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Starting in verse 7. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed from Galilee and Judea. 
and Jerusalem and uh, that word, and from beyond the Jordan and from around Tyre and Sidon, when the great crowd heard all that he was doing, they came to him. Now, in the previous passage, when Eric spoke last week, Jesus had just gotten done essentially putting the Pharisees in their place, right? Now, obviously, again, because we all cope with and deal with things in our own way, the Pharisees, being upset, said, you know what? I'm going to go hang out with these enemies because the enemies of my enemies is my friend, and we're going to plot and try to kill Jesus, right? Now, by this time, Jesus goes, I think it's time we moved on. Seemed like a wise idea, right? People get mad. He decides it's time to leave. Um, the, word, the, the word withdrew can sometimes be translated flee, um, but I don't think Jesus was just like in a panic fleeing. That doesn't sound like something he would do. It would seem like he would most likely withdraw or flee to another place for a certain purpose or reason. And you will notice that if you look at the places that he went to when he left Jerusalem, he went to Gentile places, right? Because another thing that Mark emphasizes is, yes, he's here for the Jews because he is that prophesied Messiah for the Jewish people, but he's here to save the lost and the sick. And it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, he's here for both. And so he goes out and he goes to this place. But, hey, look, there's a great crowd following him. Now, one of the things that we can look at here, and it's something that I've... I don't know, it's a difficult balance. We can focus on the theology here, right? We're looking at this Gospel of Mark. We're walking through this story about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, come in the flesh. And we can point out some of the things that are going on. We can point out some of the theological truths that are being shown, right? Like he has authority. He is God in the flesh. He is teaching he is a stumbling block to the Pharisees and on and on. But on the other end, we can actually also look at that experience or the humanity that Jesus himself experienced because he was a man. He was a human. And so if we look at it from this side for a second, Jesus is under a lot of pressure, right? His ministry is going strong. He has just left a city because he pretty much was like, if I don't leave, these peeps are going to kill me. Like, I'm goner. I got to go. Right? And so he uses wisdom and he moves on. But then at the same time, while he's doing that, people are like fawning for him. Right? Crowds are following him. Crowds are going after him. He withdraws into like a desolate place, essentially, a place that's like outside of a city. And they're following him. And they're going, hey, we're going to follow this guy and why because well he can heal me right and so you have to imagine from this point of view this this experience looking at jesus as a human being that he has to have had experienced a lot of pressure do you guys relate to that can you relate to the fact that like sometimes we just we get overwhelmed um it's funny that as humans like we uh a lot of times lack a lot of self-awareness, right? Like a lot of times our bodies are telling us that we need to take a break, but we go, mind over matter, and we keep going and don't listen, right? To the point where we end up crashing and burning. Not so with Jesus, right? As we look at him from this point of view, there's something we can learn from him, right? Jesus is God in the flesh. He shows it off all the time, right? 
but he's also a human who knows his limits. Maybe we can relate to that, right? I mean, that's something I kept on coming back to because I was like, wow, look at him. He withdrew. He knew when it was time to go. How often do we not do that? How often do we uh, stick, stick to it and keep going even though it hurts and every part of our body is saying stop or even every part of our head is saying stop, right? But he knew when to withdraw, but yet the pressure was still there because on the other end, despite having to deal with Pharisees who want to plot and kill him, he's also having to deal with crowds of people following him. And on the one end here, we can see that, like, I mean, man, he's healing them, which is, again, another showing of his authority as God, because, again, how many of us can be like, hey, sniffly nose, you, you cut that out. No, I have to use one of those teapot things and drain it. You guys ever do that? It's really gross, but it feels really good when you're done. But Jesus doesn't need to do that to someone. He just says, hey, cold, stop, and it's gone. Hey, cancerous tumor, be gone. Boom, it's gone. It listens. He has authority to heal. But he doesn't just have authority, right? Because if we look at Jesus, we are looking at God in the flesh, and we not only see his authority, but we also see what? His compassion. He wants to heal these people. He wants to fix the broken. He wants to use his authority to help these people be better. To be healed. That's awesome. But he still has pressure, right? Like he's still a man. And that's why he withdraws. That's why he's willing to know his limits and move on. And we're going to see that again in the next verse. Which went blank on me again, so I'm just going to accept that. And he told his disciples to have a boat ready for him because of the crowd, lest they crush him, for he had healed many so that all who had diseases pressed around him to touch him. Now, again, he can heal them. He can probably do it all day. He's God in the flesh. But he knows his limits. Hey, guys, get a boat ready, because, like, they're going to crush me. This is a big crowd. I don't know if you guys have ever been in, like, a mosh pit before. Um, I think when I was uh, a teenager, we went to this thing in Canada called Youthquake. John remembers Anyways, he, cause, yeah, we, he went with me. Um, and, and so we're at this concert, and, like, we go into this, like, mosh pit thingy, and the crowds are, like, pressed up against you. Um, I didn't drink a lot of water that day because I probably just filled up on Mountain Dew or something because that's what I did as a kid. Um, but this concert's going on, and all of a sudden I'm, like, trapped in this mosh pit, and I'm, like, it's pressing on me i'm like i gotta get out of here one because i'm thirsty and a friend of mine told me i was foaming at the mouth i don't believe them that seems a little weird but that's what they said um but if you've ever been in a crowd like that like it's it's tight or actually go on the l train sometime in chicago that's the subway locals call it the l train go there during rush hour and be cramped with strangers you don't know really close and so all these people are pressing up against Jesus. I'm just trying to create a picture for you guys. And they're pressing up against him. And again, he has healed as many as he can. He has, with compassion, but yet with the authority of God, said, hey, sickness be gone to many people. But he knows his limits. Get a boat ready. I need to go, lest they crush me. 
I think, again, maybe just me going back to this idea of the humanity of Jesus and looking at how he treated his body, how he treated himself, or however, whatever words you want to say, we have to acknowledge the fact that, like, as a human, he nailed it because he had such self-awareness that he knew when it was time to be done. He knew when he had to get away. He knew when he had to just let go, right? How many of us, in our desperate desire to want to, for instance, see someone we love who is lost, saved, like, just lay it on them and lay it on them and never give up and always and always, and you know? But at some point, we just have to be like, just got to let it go. They make their own decisions. Does that make sense? We have a hard time letting go and knowing our own limits. But we look at the life of Christ as we walk through the Gospel of Mark, and we both see this perfect balance of his humanity because he knew when to be done. Guys, get the boat ready. We have to go. I'm tired. It may not look like healing takes a lot out of me, but mm-hmm, I need a nap and some crackers or something. Like We've we got to go. But on the other end, he's full of this power, right? I mean, how mesmerizing is it to think about this idea that he just tells sickness to stop? I don't know. It boggles my brain. Because I would have told, like, Ruth's belly, like, no. And then she'd be here and not at home puking, right? But Jesus had that authority. But he also had that balance, that humanity, that ability to know his limits and know when to stop and know when to be done. Work this time. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he strictly ordered them not to make him known. This is another play on his authority, right? Because he not only has authority over the physical, healing the sick, telling storms to shut their pie holes, but he also has authority over the spiritual realm. And so demons fall at his feet. They know their place. They know who he is. And he's like, "Mm -mm, quiet. Now, maybe some would wonder why he would at this point tell them not to say who he really is. Um, My understanding is is that Jesus in his wisdom for a long time, like even if you go back to like his first miracle, right, when he uh, turned water into wine, or sorry, grape juice, turned water into wine. He even rebuked his mom at one point and said, woman, not yet. Now, that might be slanderous for us today for him to say woman, but it's not actually. It was a, a sign of respect and a gesture of respect in that day and age. So don't be offended that he said, hey, woman. Okay, cool. Just wanted to point that out. But even then, he knew when his time was and when his time wasn't. So again, we not only see the authority of God at work, Because I don't know if you guys have ever uh, encountered uh, demonic instances, but I ain't got the authority to tell them to go away, do you? Maybe through Jesus we do, yes. But again, he's that authority. But at the same time, he knows his limits. He knows his timing. He knows when it's time to be blunt about who he is and when it's not time 
to be blunt about who he is. Does that make sense? So then maybe the question for us this morning is like, cool, Jesus had perfect balance. Jesus was fully God in the flesh. Cool. What does that mean for me? What do we do with this? Um, I'm going to get done so early today, and I'm okay with it. Here's what you guys do with it. Ready? On the one end, we look at the life of Christ as a perfect human. He was fully human. In fact, he was more human than any of us are. And what I mean by that is he was fully aware and fully perfect in everything that he did. Right? So because of that, on one end, we can go, yeah, that's great. I'm never going to add up to that because I'm not perfect. So why even bother looking at his life? What are we going to learn? But at the same time, we can look at how well he knew his limits as a man and knew when to walk away and knew when to, hey, get the boat. I don't know if you've ever, again, if you've ever been in a crushing crowd, like it doesn't always feel good. It gets painful at times. He knew his limits. He knew when it was time to be done. We can learn from that, right? Again, our human brains are pretty awesome. And science in our day and age has come a long ways into helping us learn, like, how to, like, and, you know, it sounds silly, but, like, actually listen to our bodies, like, stop and be like, what's my stomach feeling right now? You ever done that? Just, like, in your head, focus on your stomach. You ever done? No, yeah, we could totally do that. It's pretty cool. But we learn to know our limits. We learn to know when it's time to be done. Or for us who like cookies, know when it's time to be done eating cookies. Right? Jesus shows us because in his perfection, he did it and he nailed it. And we can learn from that. But on the other end, because we can't do it perfectly, we have to rely on the fact that he was God in the flesh. And this is where the great gospel comes in, right? Because ultimately, he in his perfect humanity was crushed and brutally murdered so that we could be saved. So that we could experience salvation and rest and peace in him. And he did that so that we could one day become fully human like he was. Perfection. But he also did it because he knows that in our day-to-day life, we're sometimes not going to remember our limits and we're going to mess up, and we're going to do stupid stuff, and we're going to cope uh, with the pressures of life in ways that are not so healthy. And his grace is sufficient. And he's so good and merciful that he's willing to pick us up and say, hey, let's keep going. I got you. We can look at his life and learn. We can look and know, like, oh, well, if Jesus had limits, then I definitely have limits, right? Like, even before the sermon, Eric pointed it out, right? Eric you know, he's talking to me up here, and he said, you know, every once in a while, when he was in a grumpy mood, his pastor guy would say, hey, open up to verse such and such in the Bible, and he'd open it up, and he'd be like, oh, and Jesus rested. Huh. Hmm, maybe you should take a break. Because if Jesus, the Son of God incarnate, had to take a break, then you definitely do, right? So, friends, know your limits. 
you need a break, take a break. You're not uh, going to solve all the world's problems in one day. You're not going to swallow the whole ocean in one gulp, all those fun sayings. But on the other end, rest on the authority that is Christ. Be renewed and rejuvenated and encouraged by the fact that even though we are the messes that we are, he still came and became a man to save us. Let me pray for you all and I'll let you go. Super early. Father God, thank you so much uh, for who you are. Thank you that you became a man and not only uh, lived the example of a, of a human life who knew when it was time to, to go and when it was time to stop, but that you were also fully God in the flesh and that you were able to perfectly justify us through your death and resurrection. That you have the authority over everything that we struggle with in life, over all the things that we don't have authority over, you do. And may that encourage us to be dependent on you. May that encourage us to uh, surrender and trust in you. And may we also learn to live like you did when you were on earth, knowing our limits, knowing when it was time to get in the boat and, and get out of here. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this word. It's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen.